Hello, my name's Colin from Simply DV, and I'd like to welcome you to another Simply DV podcast. Lots of things have happened in the world of digital video since the last podcast, both in terms of new camcorder technologies and also in terms of the software used to capture or import video sequences from your camcorder into your Windows or Vista PC or Apple Mac. Now, since the last podcast, and I must confess that I'm not doing very well at producing even a monthly one uh, at the moment, let alone a weekly one, which was my original intention. Um, we've had lots of announcements of new camcorders from Canon, Sony and JVC, with more on the way. Now, I've been busy reviewing stuff for both the website and also for a few of the UK's magazines. The models I've reviewed positively are the lovely Canon HV20 HDV camcorder, and that's really nice, the Sony DHR-SR7 HDV camcorder, and, just this last week, the JVC Averio GZ-HD7, the full HD camcorder, which I've given a favourable, though with strings attached, review on the website. Now, on the software front, you may recall my talking about the lack of software capable of importing and editing clips created with one of a new breed of Panasonic and Sony AV-CHD camcorders that create recordings with a very efficient but incredibly difficult to work with high-definition compression system called MPEG-4 H.264. Well, since that podcast, there's been lots of activity to the point where if you shoot with a Panasonic SD-1, DX-1, or maybe even Sony's nearest AVCHD equivalent, HDR-CX-6, then you're going to have problems getting the material into a computer. Well, that was the case then, but thanks to new updates by Pinnacle and Ulead, amongst others, you can now import and edit the stuff you've shot with an AVCHD camcorder in your PC. And with a bit of fiddling, even in your Mac. So, how's it done? Well, either by importing via a USB 2 cable connection direct into the program you're using, um, using the appropriate menu option, or by simply dragging and dropping the clips in the same way as you'd move any files around from an external storage device into your computer, you can start to work on them like you would any other. Now, the two programs in question are Pinnacle Studio Plus 11 and ULID Video Studio 11 Plus. Yeah, I know that's a bit confusing. Okay, so those are the two primary ones, the Pinnacle one and the ULID one, both of which were updated at more or less the same time. Now, there's talk of Adobe providing this option on the next major upgrade to Premiere Elements, which will be version 4 uh, in the last quarter of 2007. Or at least I assume that to be the case. Nobody's told me otherwise. And if it's in Elements, I guess it'll also be a component of Premiere Pro as well. What both the Pinnacle Studio 11 and ULID Video Studio 11 Plus apps do is to pre-process the AVCHD clips as you attempt to do anything with them on the timeline in your editing program. 
And if, like me, you're not using the latest super-duper Windows or Vista-based hardware, you're going to have to create temporary renders of your sequences in order that they can behave themselves on the timeline anyway. Uh, and that means, basically, if, for instance, you're editing in Pinnacle Studio, you have some clips on the timeline and you want to add some transitions to them or you want to do some multi-layered work to them, you're going to have to wait for the machine to render that clip and create a temporary uh, if you like, a combined file, a sort of a stitched together file, um, uh, before you can do anything else. And that means waiting for the little green line to render along the top of the timeline bar. Now, with the AVCHD originated clips, you're effectively asking the machine's processor and graphics processor to handle high definition, perhaps the full 1920 by 1080i resolution before your very eyes. And that's okay for the latest Core 2 Duo machine, but for your bog-standard, off-the-shelf PC, it's a very tall order indeed. Now, what both Pinnacle and Yuli do in this instance is to convert the MPEG-4 clips into regular AVI files, which makes everything a lot more manageable. You can zip around the timeline with ease, even on a modestly spec machine like mine. You do need to wait for intermediate renders of all the clips you're using, however, but it's a small price to pay. Now, once you've edited the HD clips, you're then given a load of export options, including the ability to save out to HD DVD or Blu-ray DVD discs, assuming, of course, that you have the appropriate DVD writer installed. Now, on Apple Macs, it isn't such an easy job, but it's not impossible. Now, I managed to pull a load of AVCHD files created with the Panasonic SD-1 camera into my Mac, running OS 10.4 Tiger, and using a combination of conversion tools in QuickTime Pro and the excellent freebie utility called MPEG Stream Clip, I was able to convert the 1440x1080 QuickTime clips from the SD-1 and edit in both iMovie HD and also Final Cut Express HD version 3. So we're getting there. I'll be posting updates as soon as I get more opportunities to play with the newer AVCHD models as I get to play with them, and there are some new ones on the way. And of course, as we approach August and September, we're getting closer to new product launch season, so watch this space. Now, a couple of the reviews that I've written for UK magazines, like Digital Video of late, uh, include ones about the Canon HV20 and the Sony SR7 HDV cams. Now, I really like both of these camcorders, to be honest, but a head-to-head -head piece I wrote for Digital Video which I think has been published, uh, came down on the side of the Canon HV20. It's difficult to explain why without reading the whole feature to you, but I just like not only the feel and general handling of the HV20, but also the fact that it does just about everything I'd want it to do if I were an eager home user looking for the best value for money. And not only does it shoot beautiful high-definition video to tape, but uh, with it you can record either in HDV or standard-definition mini-DV mode. OK, I know that the Sony SR7 does so as well, but there's something about the Canon's pictures which I took to instantly. And as it happens, it also has not only a headphone output, but also an external mic input jack. And for the price, I think that's quite important. That said, I've noticed a couple of reviews lately uh, online in which the writers have bemoaned the fact, or supposed fact, that the HV20 doesn't perform very well in what they call low light. Now, I can't figure that one out at all. Personally, I thought it performed very well indoors under less than optimum lighting. But so what? What do you expect? 
It does make me wonder about some so-called reviewers. They're always looking for something to criticise, and when they can't think of anything substantial, they tend to hit on the old low-light turkey. Now, somebody who's been shooting and editing video professionally since the 1970s, yes, I know, that dates me, I've shot with all manner of broadcast cameras that by today's standards were downright appalling. But we thought at the time they were wonderful. Now, in those days, it was impossible to get any kind of picture indoors without using a, a 2K blonde and a full complement of 800K redhead lights uh, in order to get any picture at all. And to say that the HV20 is a bit of a letdown indoors is, well, rubbish. I mean, what else can I say? And it's worth noting that you can spend 10 times the value of the HV20 on a broadcast quality camera, and you still won't get a perfect shot indoors in less than optimum light. So what's the alternative? Well, maybe the alternative is to light the room properly or make the best use of available light if you're that concerned. But as far as the HV20 is concerned, it's perfectly okay for most indoor circumstances. And those reviewers who say otherwise are talking nonsense. Uh, I know a couple of people who've bought the HV20 very recently on the basis of my review, and they're overjoyed at their new purchase, and rightly so. Okay, rant over. But while I'm on the subject of HDV, um, I've had an email from a guy called Pete in Glasgow. Hello, Pete. Uh, that's in Glasgow in Scotland, who asked me a question about buying an HDV camcorder, and in particular, um, he wants to know whether if he bought a uh, either a Sony or a Canon HDV model, whether he's then committed to shooting HD or whether it's possible to record and play back both HDV and DV as required. And the answer, Pete, is that as with most, if not all, HDV camcorders, you can certainly play back the contents of a DV tape and even transfer it to a computer as DV via Firewire. And with cams like the Canon HV20 uh, I've just been talking about, you can record as DV as well as HDV, so you have the best of both worlds. Another useful feature of the HV20 is that you can record HDV sequences even if you only want to edit DV for the time being. Simply select the output option and it will downconvert from high def to standard def as you transfer using Firewire. So I hope that answers your question and uh, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, more questions are invited at all times, so uh, please uh, email them in to me. So if you have a question relating to choosing or using a digital camcorder, uh, drop me a note to podcast at simplydv.co.uk or you can put podcasts in the plural if you want. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it'll get to me. OK, that's it for now. Uh, I'm off to see some brand new camcorder products in the next few days and uh, hopefully I'll be able to tell you about these at the end of July. I can't say any more than that except that there's going to be a couple of interesting looking uh, uh, high definition camcorders from a major manufacturer amongst other things. So um, until that point um, all I can say is happy video making and thanks for listening. This Simply TV podcast was written and produced by me, Colin Barrett, for Simply TV using Pinnacle Podcast Factory and Apple GarageBand 3 on an Apple Mac.